Well, you know, I can't believe I said yes to speaking this morning, um, but it is part of my journey, and I want to talk to you about it. Um, I want to start my story with scripture. It's going to be up here on the screen. I'm going to read from here because I can see better. Um, the following day, John, and I mean John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want, he asked them. And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. And they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John the Baptist said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah. Um, then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. And then probably most of you know that Peter means, Peter and Cephas mean rock. So um, before I get too far, I want to clarify where I am in my walk with Christ. You may have heard other Christians refer to themselves as baby Christians or mature Christians. I think of myself as maybe a young adult Christian in my walk. I have a desire to serve um, to God's glory. I understand the importance of prayer and studying God's word. And I think that everyone that tells me they are a Christian or a follower of Christ is on fire for Jesus. Um, as a young adult Christian, I think of that saying about how wise our parents get as we grow older. I don't know if any of you remember that. Can you all see that? Well, in my walk with Jesus, I no longer think I know everything. God is wiser than me. He always has been, and I can do nothing without him. I know I have to trust God every day for everything, from getting up in the morning to making little and big decisions so that I can stay on his perfect uh, plan or path for me. With that said, I want each of you to remember and to understand how important it is for you to look to God's word and to be in prayer about everything that I say because I am so young in my walk. And if you'll look in your notes, I did, I did a reference of all the Bible verses that I use so that you can go back and, and look at those a little closer. Now, if I understand correctly, Andrew's first meeting with Jesus was when he was with John, John the Baptist. Um, Andrew and John, the other John, uh, who was James's brother and Zebedee's son, um, were disciples of John the Baptist. So let me read one more time John 1, 40 through 42. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas. Then in Matthew 4, uh, verses 18 through 22, I believe this is the second time 
that Andrew, Peter, James, and John uh, see Jesus. And it'll be up on the front here, and I'll read from here. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee repairing their nets, and he called them to come too, and they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. You see, I wonder every day what I'm here for and what I'm supposed to be doing to bring people to have a personal, intentional um, relationship with Jesus Christ. My prayers include asking God to fill me with the Holy Spirit because I know I can do nothing, absolutely nothing, without his guidance. And as I have grown in my walk, um, with God, I know that it will be his divine intervention for people to come to know him because we're making disciples for Christ, not for us. So it's his divine intervention. He reminds me, like Andrew, we keep talking about Andrew, that it's okay that I do things behind the scenes to support those who, like Peter and Paul, have the gift of evangelism and speaking in front of large crowds. You know, I've read John 1 and Matthew 4 so many times, but only in the last year has God introduced me to Andrew. Andrew's only mentioned a few times in the New Testament, but most of the time he's introducing someone to Jesus. We read earlier in John chapter 1 how Andrew brought his brother to meet Jesus. Well, in John chapter 6, where Jesus feeds the 5,000, Andrew brings the young boy with the loaves and fish to him. And it says, Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? And then in John chapter 12, at the festival of the Passover, Philip goes to Andrew to tell him about some people that want to meet Jesus. Um, and Andrew and Philip go together to talk with Jesus. I believe it's to this crowd that Jesus talks about his death. And this is in John 12, 20 through 26. Some Greeks who had come to Jerusalem for the Passover celebration paid a visit to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. They said, Sir, we want to meet Jesus. So Philip told Andrew about it, and they went together to ask Jesus. And Jesus replied, Now the time has come for the Son of Man to enter his glory. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in the world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Well, I have made so many mistakes that have been so dishonoring to God that I used to think that I was here so that people could learn from my mistakes, but that's a whole nother message. Um, however, I've learned that in serving God, I must serve where I am in Christ and by who I am in Christ. And although Andrew knew first, firsthand what it meant to be in a supporting role when he was with Jesus, I think he learned this from his first teacher, John the Baptist. 
uh, that it was okay to be in a supporting role. In John chapter 3, John the Baptist makes it very clear that he was also in a supporting role. If you read in John 3:28, John the Baptist says, You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. And then uh, towards the end of um, verse 30, John the Baptist says, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. But remember, um, Jesus says, and this is our memory verse, so let's read it together. John 12, 26. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me, because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. John 12, 26. So in serving Christ, so in serving, where are you in Christ? What do we know about God's purpose for us? Colossians 1.16 says, All things have been created through him and by him. That's all things. I remember when Pastor Peggy asked me to step into the lay leader position. I asked her what was expected of me, which was to provide support where needed, act as a liaison between laity and pastor, and then attend meetings. Uh, never was anything further from my mind than to step into a leadership role. But as I prayed, God told me to trust him. And I would like to say for those of you who have been Methodists all your life, or, or for most of your lives, I thank you for your patience and for your prayers, because it has been a learning experience. Um, but just so you know, saying yes to Pastor Peggy, saying yes to each of you, my baseline family, um, was the first step after being a Christian probably most of my life, not always a good one, um, to truly saying yes to Christ. Now we ask the next question, how does God's presence in our life impact our servant heart? Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like, um, or they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Well, you know, I am so privileged to be part of small groups, and that's kind of a plug for small groups. You have to join them. Um, I feel like choir is a small group for me. Um, my Sunday school is a small group for me. But I'm really privileged to be part of our uh, Friday night Bible study. Um, I feel like I'm with maybe more mature Christians who have studied the word for, for so many years of their lives, and um, it's a place where we can study God's word in depth. The group is a safe place for me to ask my questions. Um, we pray for one another and our family and friends, and we continually encourage one another, I feel, to intentionally seek God. Well, there's a moment, and there's one, that's one of many, that stands out to me. I remember some time back Jan Vanlin telling our Bible study group how before she gets out of bed, she invites God into her life, thanks him for the day, and asks how she can serve him. So I started doing the same thing and asking God to fill me with his Holy Spirit that I might see those opportunities that he provides for me to serve. Now I don't know about the rest of you, I have this little voice in my head that'll try to second guess everything and try to talk me out of doing doing something or reminding me that I really don't know what I'm doing. I almost said no to this. I, I just, I felt like that little voice started reminding me of all my past sins and who did I think I was to get up here and talk to each of you about what I know about Christ. Um, I don't know, does that happen to anybody else? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> or am I crazy? Um, you know, I think I know who that particular voice is, and you know the verse in Matthew 16, verse uh, 23, but he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, you're a stone that could make me stumble, for you're not thinking God's thoughts, you're thinking human thoughts. Well, anyways, on with my story. Um, I received a phone call in the morning that someone had been taken to the hospital and needed prayer. Well, as I prayed, I felt God wanted me to go check on them, even though I didn't know them very well. But then that little voice started, well, you might be in the way, you don't know if the family really needs you, what can you do? And not an hour before I prayed that prayer, Jan had told me about. I had asked God to be present in my life and to send opportunities to serve him. And so I just stopped those negative thoughts and I trusted God that he knew more than me. When I got to the hospital, I found the spouse all alone in the hospital room waiting while tests were being completed. I was given the pleasure of getting to know the spouse better and praying with them. And prayer is so amazing and so intimate. It brings us closer to God. And I don't know about you, but I feel so much closer to each of you when I get to pray with you. Now, sometimes I stumble around, but I'm still going to take that chance that, um, to bring that closeness. Um, well, anyways, I'm starting to ramble again. On the way out of the room, I ran into someone I had gone to school with. I hadn't seen him in forever, but his son was in the service and he asked me to pray for their child. And then on the elevator, um, I ran into a man, a stranger, um, that looked upset, and I asked him if he was okay, and he shared with me that he had recently lost somebody, and that he was at the hospital visiting his mother, um, and he asked me to pray for him and his family. Well, three opportunities I felt God's purpose, three opportunities I felt God's presence, and three opportunities to serve him quietly and behind the scenes. Um, three opportunities to serve him that might have gotten away from me. So even as I prepared this message, and I, I did part of it sitting on those steps with my laptop on a, on a chair, so if you can picture that, I became really overwhelmed about halfway through it. And I was kind of stumbling around, and finally I was like, God, where do you want me to go with this message? And I just felt this calming presence. I knew it was God, and he said, well, that's why Peggy's here. She's your teacher. She's your pastor. My hands and feet here on earth turn to your pastor. Well, I'd like to say I didn't go, duh, but I did. I was like, why don't I listen to him? Why don't I use each of you, you know, more for this kind of thing? But both stories for me are a reminder that God provides what we need to serve him in whatever capacity he wants us to serve. So as I close, I would like you, I would like to invite each of you to kind of think about what step of faith that you need to take to serve Christ and then apply it to your life. And it might be uncomfortable at first, but trust him. God's plan for us to serve isn't the same for everyone, so don't compare yourself to each other. And remember, he doesn't intend uh, for us to do it by ourselves. Jesus didn't say that we had to be the greatest speaker in the world, as you can see, um, or the greatest musician since Handel wrote the Messiah. He didn't say we had to be a Peter or a Paul. He said, my father will honor the one who serves me. I am an Andrew, and I'm glad that I can serve Christ by working behind the scenes in a supporting role. 
but I also trust God to know how best I can serve him. Will you pray with me? Loving God, thank you. Thank you so much for providing everything, everything that we need to serve you. Thank you for giving us a purpose, and thank you for your presence in our life. Open our hearts to step out in faith to serve you in whatever capacity you want us to serve so that you'll be honored and glorified in all we do. Amen. All right. We'll go ahead and take the offering now. Father, thank you so much for these gifts. We ask that you would um, be with us um, so that we spend it wisely, be with our ad board and with our finance committee. Um, we thank you again so much for all your many blessings, and we pray all this in the name of your dear son, Jesus Christ. Amen.